We are live. Welcome everyone to Connected Learning TV. This is the second webinar of our April 2015 series entitled uh, Connected Learning in the Classroom Conversations from the Field. I'm Howard Reingold. I've done a number of these. I've taught for a number of years at Berkeley and at Stanford, and I'll be our host today. Uh, throughout this series on Connected Learning TV, we're chatting with a variety of educators and students who are using Connected Learning in the classroom. Uh, we're talking to them directly from the classroom to see what that looks like on the ground. If you're watching this, please take a moment to share to share with your networks. Today we're talking with Don Netwick, Don Wetrick, an innovation specialist at Noblesville High School just outside Indianapolis, Indiana. He's the author of Pure Genius, Building a Culture of Innovation and Taking 20% Time to the Next Level. Don and his students came out to visit my Stanford class on two separate occasions and really showed my students what co-learning is about, so I'm very excited about today. Uh, we'll be going inside Don's innovation class today, so first a little background on the class. The innovation class at Noblesville High School is an experience for students to learn in an environment built on interest, inquiry, and collaboration. Here the students work on projects that interest them and find collaborators from not only fellow students, but from experts all over the world. The class time is used to brainstorm, collaborate, and walk through his or her ideation phases, but most importantly, it is a class for the students to work on projects they find meaningful. Uh, before we dive into our chat, let's go over a couple of quick details. To those watching live right now, we welcome your comments and questions either via the Twitter hashtag ConnectedLearning or the Q&A feature that you should see within the video player. We'll do our best to address your questions here in the Google Hangout. So let's start by introducing ourselves. Don, I know that you've got some of your students there with you in the classroom. Yes, I do. Uh, I, I'm Don Wetrick. Uh, behind me, I have Matthew Lingren. Hey. He is a sophomore. Uh, I have Jess Elliott, who is a junior at Noblesville. I have Michaela Gilbert, who is a senior. I have Miss Carly Kopp, who is a senior. And I have Dylan Brown, who is a junior. And it's a wide variety uh, what I have. I have some people that are heavier into tech. Some are into video. Some are is socially entrepreneurial. So I try to give you a smattering of, uh, of students. Um, Don, why don't you get us started by telling us what a typical day in your in your innovation classroom looks like? <laughs> That's the beauty. A typical day, I don't think there is one. Um, I'd say the, the the school year starts off with trying to create that culture where they unlearn what they've learned. That sitting sits that sitting still in a row of desks uh, does not apply here. Um, that we try to capture what we have an interest in, and that's going to be different for a lot of people. Uh, the collaboration doesn't mean the students sitting next to you. So uh, that takes, honestly, I'll let them weigh in on that. That takes, in some cases, a couple of months. Um, we, we delve into you know, inquiry and what things we're interested in. Um, but then once we're going, 
then a lot of times at the beginning of the week, uh, they're working on the things they said they were going to work on. They're Skype calling. They're meeting with people. They're um, beta testing. They're working with entrepreneurs. They're working with um, fabricators, uh, producers all over the place. Um, and essentially, I, I guess, you know, I'm a fan, and they're out there in your backyard, but I, I kind of like to think that we're kind of an IDEO uh, for education. We don't specialize in one thing, but we specialize in making things better. Uh, our students look for things that need improving or things that they think uh, they can learn more about, and, and they go about it. They write um, proposals, and they do the things that they say that they're going to do, which is actually the hard part. Um, I call it the lottery ticket mentality. It's kind of fun to buy a lottery ticket and tell me all the things you'd do if you won the lottery. Well, a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of people can say, this is what I want to do, but the hard part is then actually doing it. So there's there's me also being a little bit of the taskmaster. I just can't say, hey, just work on it wherever you want and not worry about it. Sometimes it takes some gentle prodding. Uh, so some days it's uh, me filtering in and out of the groups and, and seeing what they're doing, and, and sometimes it's just me shutting up and leaving them alone so they can accomplish things. Why don't we uh, hear from your students? I've got a, a bunch of questions for you, but let's, let's hear from them, and then uh, maybe we can talk some more, and then maybe you and your students can talk. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll do it round-robin style. I'll have them give a 30-ish second what the week looks like for them. I'll start off with Matthew. Hey, my name is Matthew Lindgren, as previously stated. Um, well, basically, can you my... Can over a little bit to your left so that we can see more of your My face? left is this way. Yes, that's correct. That's good. Perfect. Okay, go. okay um, go ahead. Sorry. So, my week basically looks like this. Um, I'm going to come into class, and I will be laying out either a blank page for new video ideas, or I will be continuing an, an old idea that I've been working on for the past few months now I've been specializing in video production with uh, visual effects and just learning the basics of directing and producing uh, video especially I'm working on a short film at the moment um, so I'll sit down I'll brainstorm some ideas for new videos to create and um, then I go out and shoot them and I work on editing and that's that's a week for me it's pretty much all-consuming but yeah, I'll I'll ask you some more questions in a, in a minute. But um, I want to know how how was it to get started on this when when you came into the the classroom? This is different from your usual class. How how was it uh, kind of adjusting to this way of uh, of doing things? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, for the first semester, I really wasn't. It was it was tough just sitting down and being able to work on anything. For the entire first semester, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was working on projects here and there that I came up with, but I didn't really care about. It wasn't something that was important to me. And then it was, I think in January, I had this, this moment where I was like, you know what, this is not working. I need to do something that I actually enjoy. And then I, I've, I've been putting videos together since I was about six years old. So I thought, hey, that would be a good thing to look into. And it just kind of took off. How do, you, how do you think that uh, your video work connects with the, the normal expected high school curriculum? Um, I don't think it does. I think it's completely different. And what I'm looking to do is I want to go to film school and I want to direct films. That's what I'm hoping to get out of my career. And 
this is putting me, pushing me towards that more than any of the traditional classes that really are, at all. Okay, great. I, I'd like to hear from some of the other students, and then um, we'll, let's, we'll, let's get back and talk a little bit more about the content of what you're doing and and the kind of challenges you've had and overcome to, to learn how to do it. Well, awesome. Jess. Hello. Um, my name is Jesse Elliott. Um, right now I'm working on getting an ordinance passed um, by the city that will restrict light pollution in Noblesville. And um, I don't know, it, depending on what part of California you're in, it may or may not be as big of a problem, but um, here it's very difficult to see the stars. And um, so an average week um, isn't necessarily as exciting for me as Matthew's, um, but mostly I'll just be emailing. And recently I had a meeting where I got to go out into the field and use a light meter with one of the um, zoning department <laughs> administrators, so that was very exciting. But mostly it's just kind of editing uh, through bits of my ordinance and um, emailing people. Like I'm collaborating with Duke Energy a little bit, and then, um, but mostly just Noble Souls government right now. What what is Noblesville's government and Duke Energy and people like that? What do they say when uh, you come in and tell them that you want to change, you want a law to to yeah. enable people to see the stars at night? Um, well, there's a you know pat on the back like good job for um for doing this when you're my age, but mostly they just they're kind of very interested in the class and they they can't believe that there's a class where I can do this in Noblesville or I don't know they they talk about their high school experience and how different it was from what I'm experiencing right now well I'll ask you the same question about what was it like to try to get into this kind of learning um well I consider myself a fairly studious kind of person and so I guess over the past few years I had kind of gotten pretty good at the whole school thing and memorizing and you know keeping my GPA up so it was kind of hard to transition into a class where I couldn't just memorize vocabulary and then take a test and then forget it a week later and I actually had to follow through so it was kind of difficult but then once I found my project I kind of knew like something clicked and I knew that it was something I'm that I wanted to do because I'm passionate about it okay great I, I would like to talk some more with you about how you and, and Mr. Wetrick got started on this project and, and practically how it goes but let's let's hear from the other students first thank you Hi, my name is Michaela Gilbert, and um, so what I've been working on is starting a business. I have a toy that I um, developed myself, and I have a rough prototype, and I have a patent on it. And so a typical day for me is coming in, uh, reading through emails that I might have from mentors or anyone that I've met um, at events that I've spoken at or just anyone that um, I've contacted to help me. And so after I uh, go through my emails, I'll assess kind of what I need to work on next, whether that's more product development, um, finding someone that's 
willing to mentor me. Um, right now, I've been working on finding manufacturers as well as funding. Um, so a, a typical day isn't really a typical day for me. I kind of come in, do the email thing, and then from there, um, it just depends on what I need to work on. Did, did you come into the class with this intention, or was this something that you found um, after you got into the class and started looking for a project? Um, well, that's kind of yes and no. I, I started um, this project back in my sophomore year. I'm a senior now, and um, I had an idea um, because I was given a, a wooden egg, and it was just a project that I had to do for a class, and it was just the typical teacher giving you a, a student a project to do, and the idea came from that, but um, it wasn't until I got into this class that I really um, decided that I wanted to pursue business and go this direction, and um, getting started with um, the innovations way was not as difficult for me as it was for other students simply because I threw myself into it and um, learned how to do it just by doing instead of waiting around until I kind of figured out by other people watching others. So, uh, how, do, how do you think that this uh, connects with the rest of what you're, you're learning in high school? Um, I don't think it really connects that well. Um, I think this class is really exploratory. I found um, for my college career, I was planning on going into pharmacy until this class, and I realized that I wanted to study business and go into entrepreneurship. So this class has helped me tremendously um, in that way, and I don't think that it really – there's another class that gives you that kind of opportunity to explore um, yourself and what you want to do in life. Fantastic. We'll talk some more. Okay. So, so um, is that it, three students? Are there, are there more? Yes, yes there's more. Hi. All right, hi. <laughs> hi, um, I'm Carly Kopp, and what I'm working on is, so I created this website called Heart of the Matter, and I have always had this passion for addressing the low self-esteem of teenagers, especially in female girls. So what I've been doing is getting the teenage girls themselves and parents of those girls to get on this blog and share their stories and their messages and create a positive environment in social media and in the world in order to better our mindsets and to think positively about each other instead of bringing each other down because girls are vicious these days it seems like so that's kinda of what I've been doing and my week typically is just connecting and talking and writing with these people and just trying to get the message out there and just spreading the word about you know addressing the heart of the matter Did was this an issue that you came into the class with or was it something that that came up when you started looking for a project um it's actually kinda of funny like Throughout my entire life, my especially my mother, who is one of my role models, has always taught me to, you know, be confident in who I am. And you know, I've been friends with so many girls that I've seen struggle with this. And when I first came into this class, I honestly didn't think that I could work on a project like this. Like it didn't matter because I'm just a high school girl. What could I do? But uh, another student came to me and just said, "Hey." have you ever thought about this and I said oh my goodness yes and then we just started working and creating this and spreading the word and that's what's been so amazing to me is the fact that I can actually finally do something and realize what I'm passionate about so so uh, what have you been learning about doing the project since you you started actually trying to implement it I've been learning how 
powerful and important your voice is and how one tiny seed of inspiration from anybody or just powerful message can honestly change the way that you think about your outlook on life and it's just been an amazing opportunity to not only share what I would hopefully would be some words of wisdom but also to see generations share what they believe is so important and it's still consistent to this day on how we should all just be good human beings well good for you you speak you you, you speak very well to your your uh, your cause and your your interest and um, we'll talk some more all right thank you yeah last one uh. All right, a wealth of students here. Yeah, we've got a few. This is the, this is the last uh, last one we have. Um, I uh, my name is Dylan Brown, and um, I've done a lot of interesting things this year. Um, so a typical day has never been a typical day for me, as a lot of the students can say. Um, for the most part this year, I've sort of been experimenting a lot with what I want to do with my future, trying out different things. Uh, sort of looking into a lot of different avenues, science, technology, business, things like that. Had a lot of pretty epic failures doing it too, um, but I've learned a lot from it. So a typical day for me now, um, really with all the knowledge I've gained about what I want to do and sort of where I'm going is I'll start off, I'll check my email, see who's gotten back to me um, about what, but right now um, I'm sort of working on learning as much as I can about marketing and business and learning what it's going to take to start my own business when I'm ready and the time is right and really um, getting into sort of touching on product development, touching on every little avenue so at least if I don't do it myself I understand what um, people working with me or for me will be doing so I have a grasp over the whole process and uh, sort of the knowledge to make it happen. So that's sort of my day. Um I want to ask each of you this this question. Here, here's an opportunity to talk to to educators, and of course, ed educators they've got a job to do. There are things that they're expected to to teach you, and um, and you're supposed to do well on tests. Mm -hmm. How would you address educators about the value of doing this kind of interest-based, project-based uh, learning? Um, I think. And I mean, I can answer this. We actually had a sort of a similar conversation uh, just earlier today. Um, yeah, not even three hours ago. Um, it's it's honestly difficult. It really is because yes, every class could implement some aspect of it, but say math class, it's hard to bring in sort of this open-ended um, education and really sort of inspire kids to learn about something that's so so concrete in the way of teaching because um, you can't go out into the open world and learn about pre-calculus or learn about trigonometry, whatever it may be. So it's more about not necessarily giving students the opportunity to work on what they want in every single class, but it's about inspiring them to want to learn again and giving them that inquisitiveness and that curiosity of learning to give bring the passion back to it. And that's one thing that's nice about the class is it's brought the passion back into learning and it's made us want to learn more and have more experiences in any class. It doesn't have to be this one where we're leading ourselves. Even in math class, I'm enjoying it that much more because I see value in it. Great answer. Your 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 passion for for learning is is pretty evident. I'd like to ask the same question of um, each of the others. Here's your opportunity to talk to educators about an idea that's uh, 
I think, a little scary to most uh, high school teachers uh, of, of cutting their students loose. Yeah, so it definitely you. is. Here. Here, Matthew's going to step in. I got you. All right, I think part of the issue is more so that educators have been, and students even, are so accustomed to the established system that it's just intimidating. And so I think presenting it to educators is very important, but I mean, it's, it's an, the old mantra of you speak louder with your actions. When they see the results and how successful some of the students are, I think that's going to be more powerful than anything that you could say to um, convince them. Now, I'm sure I could be corrected on that, but I think it's, I think it's action-based. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. Go, go. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So um, to my answer to this question is that there needs to be a balance in um, typical education and then this type of education. And I think having just one um, class of the day to devote to passion projects has really helped me out. And so I think just having that one class could really help. And um, and presenting this to educators, I know that's a, a very big struggle. Just yesterday, um, we were at the Indiana After School Summit, um, and that's about clubs that are after school, and they wanted to know how they could implement this. And I talked to one woman who is um, struggling with how they should present this to their administration, and I simply said they could use us as examples, um, and they just having students talk about what they would do at the time and that they're not just going to sit there. Um, is really convincing, I think. Thank you. Thank you, Michaela. Okay, <laughs> Okay, so to kind of elaborate on what they were saying, yes, it's definitely very hard to do this and you have to find an equal balance because a lot of the time they're scared by this because not every student is an innovator or an entrepreneur or anything but if you give them the tools and resources to learn even more and to embrace that then they can <laughs> become whoever that they want to be and find those passions and as we were talking about before we think the best ways are honestly to start out young to implement it into your everyday life and every day mindset because as we get older especially me being a senior now I've realized that I've lost that passionate for learning and for discovering what I want to do and be capable of working on that so it's been an amazing experience to have that curiosity reopened from this class well it certainly looks like you've rekindled your passion so uh, keep it that way fantastic <laughs> answers um, thank you I, you know I think any high school teacher would look at you and all of you and say, I want my students to be that excited about what we're doing. Mm -hmm, definitely. Do we have any others? Uh, do you want to talk about uh, what you want to say to educators? Here's your, your chance to encourage other educators to do something like this. Uh, have we heard from everyone? Um, just anything, or are, there, or are you wanting to ask questions? Yeah. Well, no, I, I just... Uh, I. I'd, I'd like to hear what you would have to say to other high school teachers to encourage them to, to do what Mr. Wetrick is doing. So, um, right. <laughs> I will go again for this one. I'll hop in. Yeah. Um, okay, so a little bit of background about me because I'm a little 
set apart from everybody else. I was homeschooled until I was uh, in eighth grade, and then freshman year I started in public school. So my whole experience didn't start as early on like everybody else's did. But last year, the problem was I just... There were some classes that were sort of fun, but I didn't have anything great to look forward to. And I... Okay, I'm, I'm just going to say it because it happens. I hated school a lot. Um, and this year it's just different because I've got this this time for me to do what I want to do to make myself successful instead of just, you know, worksheets and packets that I will forget about in a week. It's, I mean, it's made me excited to come to school and that is priceless. It's totally worth the effort. All right. Well, that answer is priceless. Thanks so much. And oh, thank uh, you. you've made my day. Keep up that enthusiasm. That's the goal. <laughs> Got one more student that wants to. One more, and then I'll then I'll chime in. I'll ring in again real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. I was just gonna say more directly to the teachers and educators that are actually watching this um, and paying attention, and I'm really really curious about this. It's. It's really an interesting thing, bringing sort of like the the uh, aspect of innovation and the thoughts of um, the sort of inspiration to learn again into a classroom. And honestly, it's not really that difficult. It sounds threatening and it sounds crazy to think students want to learn in math class and want to learn in English and things like it. But it's honestly just the enthusiasm that the teachers bring to the classroom that's the stepping stone that is first in line. If a teacher is enthusiastic about what they're teaching and wants to share it, then the students will gain the same enthusiasm just off of that. Um, it's just like if you were fr it, the, the original saying that your mom always told you, if you're friends with the right crowd, then that's the mentality and that's sort of the person you'll become. If your teacher's enthusiastic and is bringing that passion for learning to the classroom every single day about every lesson, even if it's a nice one, fun one, or if it's a boring one like math class, it still makes the students enjoy it and still wants, and they still really want to learn and be there every single day to see what's going to happen. All right. Keep, keep that spirit alive. So, Mr. Wetrick. Yes, sir. Back again. Uh, how, do you, how do you facilitate uh, this kind of inquiry-based learning with your students? How do you get uh, started and then, and then how do you continue to get them? How do you get them this enthusiastic? How do I get them this enthusiastic? I mean, that's a great question. I, mean, I guess uh, some of it started in the sense that um, I didn't like school either. Uh, I was raised, I had to like school because my dad was a teacher and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, which means she was a teacher as well. And um, I didn't have a choice, but I didn't like it, and I have a, a short attention span. So if I'm enthusiastic and I have a lot of varied interests and I'm modeling it, then then I think it becomes easier for them. But they're talking to you uh, six months deep of having this kind of environment. This wasn't the case our first um, couple months. So uh, a part of it is, and that's really what I wrote my book about. It's culture building. It's it's getting this kind of environment. It's taking field trips out to Stanford and in, uh, in visiting your class. It's taking field trips and visiting the good folks at Facebook and at Google, and, and we went to some smaller uh, startups out there as well. When they see that's the way the world works, or at least really cutting-edge places, when they see that's the way they, they work, they think, well, that's liberating. I want a piece of that. And, and then when you show them that, yes, you can have a period of time in your day to make you a better person, then they fall in love with that idea um, because 
you know, we, we spend a lot of time and money in education for kids that don't want to be here. Well, ask yourself, why don't they want to be here? And if they could, and if they had to be here, what could you help them achieve to make them feel successful and also give them a chance to, to do even better? And so when you create that environment, you know, that success breeds success. That enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. And what I'm happy to hear now is, you know, we're having these deep conversations on what is school. You know, some of my kids are willing to blow this thing up, and I've got an administration who supports it. And then that's the crazy thing. Um, you know, I'm traveling all over the country now uh, talking to other teachers, and the stumbling block is, well, I want to do this, but my principal won't let me. Well, what if we could... So really, I've been kind of bulldogging some schools, and I've been telling them and trying to talk them into taking this kind of risk. And the great thing is, I don't need to say it. You heard it. Yeah. There's not a darn thing I'm going to say today that people are going to remember. They're going to remember them, and they should, because they're going to tell our story better than, than the administration and myself. Well, you know, I, I will just have to, to add, you and I know this, uh, um, add for those who are watching that, you brought your students out to my Stanford class yeah. on two different occasions, and these are very are are my students are bright, motivated, accomplished students, and they're struggling with what I called co-learning to try to yeah. take more responsibility for their learning rather than doing what they're very good at doing, which is being good at, at being taught. Um, and then your students. Uh, would come in and talk about their projects and show the kind of passion that they're they're showing now. And um, first of all, it really excited my students. I know that several of them got in touch with your students and and, and interviewed them and worked with them on on projects. But also, I think it, it sort of it, it shamed them in a little way. It it um, these are really hardworking, excellent, intelligent students who who worked their way into into Stanford and they've been struggling with trying to to learn on their own and here come these high school students from Noblesville and they are zooming at it so um, you've got this uh, you've got this book uh, connected learning in the classroom conversations from the field uh, just tell me a little bit about that because I think some educators watching this might be asking how can I get my students that passionate about learning, and I presume that that's the, the objective of your book. Yeah, that's exactly why I wrote the book. Um, I, John, been, can you move to left just a little bit so that oh, we can yeah, yeah. Uh, No, that's exactly why I wrote the book in the sense that uh, I was starting, you know, when you discover something you, you that you know works, um, I was approached by somebody to write a book, and I said, no, I'm a, I'm a good teacher, but I'm an even better dad. I don't have time to spend time with my kids. And uh, she's like, no, you're writing this for your kids. And so I wrote it at night. And essentially, the first part of it is culture build and, and how you achieve this and how you can do it and almost integrate it within a classroom. Um, but it's also realistic. And I'm talking about what doesn't work as well. Um, I've actually, I'm on Periscope now, and I've got some people commenting. You're creating self-motivated, lifelong learners. That's the whole point, um, that this kind of culture is what's needed. Look, it's going to happen. It's just that we're five years early, and, and I truly believe that. Um, and then all of a sudden, we're a learning center. We're a hub of activity. We're entrepreneurs. We're social activists. We're all these things that it's going to sound crazy when people don't offer this in the future. A, a time and space where they can be the best person they can be. Dear God, isn't what this school's about? 
So when we give them this just one freaking hour a day, pardon me, I mean, it's not going to be hard. It's not rocket science. So, you know, I guess it's in some ways it's a build it and they will come mentality. But then it's also really truly knowing how to uh, let the kids adapt. Because like you said, when we went out to Stanford, it was kind of a prideful moment that uh, a state like Indiana, which isn't known for innovation, uh, you don't have to be in a state of innovation anymore. We're all flat now. The technology uh, proves it so. And, and to create that culture is so important because I'm telling you, as high school students, the first couple of months, they're like, you know, hey, what do you want to work on? And their response is, what do you want me to work on? How do I get that A? And and once they finally get that it's not about the grade, I, don't, I mean, I still have some safety nets there of having a dangling carrot, but after a couple months, they don't care about the grade. They I mean, they've got their A's. Big deal. Now they're working on things because, you know, they're getting a patent filed. They're getting uh, funding. They're getting feedback from a, 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 an organization who wants to cut down on pollution. This isn't homework anymore. This is a life calling. And, and I guess that, that's, that's what it boils down to. This class is the most self-serving, selfish class for them that ironically is boiling it down to it's making them better people. I want them to be the, at the most optimal. That's it. You know, I think we got a little taste of the range of, of projects that you've got going, but I, I remember uh, when I first got in touch with you, it was through uh, your student Paige Woodward and, and her... Uh, her project was to try to sell DVDs to all of the school districts in Indiana to show them how to use social media in learning. And I remember there was another one of your students was creating an, an, an iPhone app. Um, another student was working with the city to try to get a playing field for developmentally disabled children. Um, just give me a few more so that people can get an idea of the range of things that students have taken on and accomplished. Yeah, from the things you haven't heard about, I mean, gosh, what can we say? Uh, we've got some kids that are working on an ambient sound project uh, for actually coordinating with some kids in California. Uh, we've got some, uh, we have one student that just uh, got his patent. He's working on a solar panel that is completely transparent that it could actually be laid on as a film over your uh, windshield. <clears throat> um, we have a girl that's working with um, a local, uh, well, one, she's working with EBT, food stamp uh, uh, people, and then also working with a local farmer's market. So she saw something on 60 Minutes, how Detroit has their Fresh Bucks program. And so she's trying to implement it here. How can we encourage people that traditionally don't eat healthy? How could we allow them to use their EBT food stamps to buy healthy and buy local produce? How cool is that? We've got, uh, gosh, throw out some others. We've got kids that are working on an app design that actually use in the school. We've got, yeah, we've got a student that's working on their own spring sports app that you can have all the player information right there at your fingertips, the schedules, the scores. We, we have one student that yeah, is writing a full-length uh, play slash musical. We have, tech help. yeah, tech help desk. We have, oh my gosh, yeah, senior citizens help desk. Uh, one student knew it grows digital brand. He, he at first he started off by um, going to the library and uh, basically telling the senior citizens like, hey, bring me your iPads, your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, uh, and, 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 your, and your Kindle fires, and then I'll help you troubleshoot it. 
And then after a while, it started to grow bigger than him. And so now he goes to the Senior Citizen Center, too, itself. And the, the cool thing is, you know, we use terms like sustainability and all this other stuff. He started realizing he's a junior, and he's going to do it next year, but what after next year? So now he's training sophomores and freshmen to keep it going. This is a legacy piece. So now within the town of Noblesville, if you're 55 and older, and if you don't like the way your iPad works, bring it in. We'll do things for free. And how empowering is that? And you know this better than anybody, Howard. When all of a sudden you put kids in front of other people and they show that they're in it to help, one, the, the mentality of today's kid is shattered. And number two, people that come in are like, boy, I know a guy that you need to talk to, and opportunities begat more opportunities. So it's a constant feed and this is, I uh, hear, I say it too much in my book, and they get tired of me saying it. Opportunities are everywhere. Opportunities are everywhere. And what if the teachers could find some opportunities and get the students started? Because now that they're started, they don't need me anymore. They do not need me. But occasionally I find, like, hey, somebody emailed me. Here's a cool opportunity. Matter of fact, yesterday, I forgot to tell you guys this a guy who's developed a Bluetooth enabled um, pet dispenser. And it, it's training police dogs, and it's also he has a, like a food container where also dispenses food. He's like, hey, can some of your kids help me work on it and beta test it? These things happen now because we have been transparent, because we put things on YouTube, because we do things like this with you on the webinars. We are falling over great student opportunities, and every school needs to do this, man. And it's not rocket science. Well, you know, I know you 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 say that. Uh that it's not rocket science, and after a point, the kids don't need me, but um, I'm sure that there are things that you do, besides knowing when to just shut up and let them go, to support and facilitate what they're doing. Um, again, for other educators out there, what are kind of some of the, the things that you know, other teachers would recognize that, that you have learned to do to help facilitate this kind of inquiry-based, interest-based learning? Um, i got to give a big congrats or a, th a shout out to um, one of your cohorts there at Stanford, Tina Selig. Um, you know, I've read her books and you know she talks about the collecting and connecting. You know, at the start of the year, uh, we were connecting, we were collecting as many ideas and anytime you can connect one or more ideas together, you're, you're winning. Oh, did we just go dead? Oh, there we go. Um, and uh, also, like, uh, Freakonomics, uh, the guys, they, in their book, Think Like a Freak, they had the pre-mortem. I started off the year, you know, a post-mortem is an autopsy. Here's how you died. A pre-mortem is you thinking, how is this going to die? So I remember I started off the class saying, how are you going to totally fail this class? How are you going to screw up this opportunity? And actually, I still have them up on the board. They're still hanging up there now. They started writing out their own pre-mortems. You know, I'll get lost too much in theory. I won't follow up on what I want to do. I won't have any idea of what... They were telling me... So just simple things like that. Big fan of collecting and connecting. Big fan of identifying how you are going to fail before you fail. Um, and then uh, it's this the simplest thing in ever. But I think they'll tell you. And actually, I'll turn it over to them. Brainstorming. We have pitch days that have to be seen because, again, that culture build, we all love one another now. And so when somebody's not doing well, a student can say, here's what you're doing wrong, and no one gets upset about it. So sometimes if you pitch an idea and say, I'm thinking about doing this, another kid might go, ooh, 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 I know what you should do. And they're not mad at each other. 
Yeah, somebody, I've got some other people talking. Yeah, we do feasibility studies. You know, we look into whether it even can be done. A lot of times school has red tape, so you kind of shut it down. Um, so doing feasibility studies on whether you can even do the project or not always helps. These are just a few things. Do you have anybody else? Anything to add? I'm going to turn it over to my students again. You know, I would, I, I'd love to see you and your students interacting so that uh, why don't I turn the interview over to you and you turn it over to your students and get, get them talking about what, what you think other educators and other students would, would be interested in hearing. Sure, sure. Um, actually, somebody just came up with a question on here. How many students have patents? Uh, we have three uh, right now, and we're looking into a fourth. Just pull up chair. I'll interview you. Um, and actually, yeah, I, I like your idea. So, Michaela, other than some of the things that we were talking about with the collecting and connecting and the brainstorming time, what are some things you would tell teachers on, okay, it's not that hard to implement, what would you do? Um, I think implementing it is really easy. You could um, even taking 10 minutes out of your class to just um, brainstorm and kind of give them that time to think about what they want to do and maybe um, even implementing into a regular class I think could work. So if you're in a math class and um, the students aren't learning something particularly well, maybe um, have them brainstorm and what kind of learning do they uh, learn the best. And if there's one uh, student that's understanding and no one else is, maybe ask them, how would you teach this? Or why did you understand over all of these other students? And um, just have that collaboration, I think, is really important. Okay. Carly. Yeah. Uh, Carly, go ahead. So Carly, Hi. also advice to other teachers. Okay. Um, well, I guess this is more advice to the students. So when it comes to finding what you're, what you want to do in brainstorming, ask the one thing that you are scared to do, but you've always wanted to do it. Mm. Ask what your greatest fear is, because you're scared of failure, and then go and do it. Because if you don't, then you'll just be left with all these what ifs. And if you don't, then there's, if you do, then there's so much more opportunity and potential that you'll have. So. Yeah. Fantastic answer. Yeah. Uh, no, I do. I love that. Um, actually, Matt uh, Matthew was just talking to me the other day. Matt, if you want to step up. Uh, he even talked about sometimes it's the simplest of answers, um, but he said the other day, start with what you love. Yeah. Weigh in on that. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the first semester, uh, I was doing a lot of things that I didn't care about, and each one of them consistently would flop. Um, and but no, but So specifically, like if you were a teacher... When you said your mantra is do the things you love, how does a teacher know what you love? Well, I think you have to give your students some time to figure it out. Because there will be there are students in my my block of this class that I don't know if they know what they want to do or what they care about. Um, it took me a semester to figure it out. It's going to take time, but you have to give them that trial and error period so they can figure it out. Um, yeah. No, I think that's he brings up a really great point in the sense that I, we're not going to lie to you. It's not 100%. We still have some students that very much struggle. Uh, the irony is is that some of the people that struggle the most are really good students GPA-wise. Um, they're good at being told what to do, and, and that's good for them. That's, uh, I'm not saying that they're wrong. This isn't a fit for everybody, that's for sure. Um, but Matt's, Matt's point is well taken is that... Uh, <laughs> we need to um, give them a time and a space at some point in the day uh, to give them a, 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 
an avenue, time, resources, uh, support to possibly carry out to be the best they can be. Um, and it's funny, I'm also on Periscope and actually people are offering to start partnering up on stuff. Um, but no, I, 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 I know this is where education at least should head. Uh, the funny thing is is that I, I'm doing a lot of presenting um, all over the, the U.S. and a, a lot of teachers now, I'm, I'm speaking to the, I'm singing to the choir and they say, yeah, but the administration. And I've been working with a lot of administrations and they even say, yeah, but the local legislatures or the state legislatures. I mean, this is why it's going to take a, a Herculean effort um, from just me but what I think where we're bulletproof is now that I've got some success through them, they're going to be able to talk to uh, state legislatures. They're going to be able to talk to people that are, quote, in education yet have never been in education. And I think they're going to win hearts and minds because it is a, a, a big task to talk somebody out of, hey, you're doing it wrong. You know, um, hey, you should be able to provide a time where and then have and then have the follow through. The other thing I was going to ask them is, our number one battle at the beginning of the year is, hey, work on what you're passionate about. And the number one answer was, I don't know. What I'm, I don't know. What am I passionate about? I don't know. So, it, it, and it takes patience. And if they're, if they're, I'm looking now directly into the camera at you teachers. If you want to if you want to start something like this, it gets worse before it gets better. It gets worse before it gets better. If you just think that they're just going to wake up one day and just be inspired and know exactly what they want to do, that's about Five percent. Everybody else has to acclimate. They have to get used to this kind of environment, and then they can thrive. Do not throw the baby out with the bathwater at first. Let them have time. Let them get past it. Let them get over the fears that I'm going to be failing them if they don't do blah blah blah. Let them have time to experiment, and then you can move forward. So this is not a one-week creativity crash course. It is a journey, and you have to be patient. You know, quite often um, saying that a student is struggling is kind of a pejorative. You're saying that they're in trouble. But I think that what you're saying is that that struggle is you know, struggling to, to find the idea and struggling to find the way to implement that is an important part of the, the learning. And honestly, asking the right questions. Um, and, and, and you're right, struggling is part of it. And and. I'd say most people's projects in here, it came because something else didn't work out or something else pushed them to all of a sudden find it. Uh, my, one of my heroes in life is Joseph Campbell. Um, Joseph Campbell completes me. And his famous, you know, obviously follow your bliss, but the other thing is in the cave you fear to enter lies the treasures you seek. And I think Carly said it earlier, the things that scare you, the things that you wish you could do but you've never really had the opportunity, that's what this is about. And right there in that cave, go in it and find your bliss. All right, so let's see. What, what more uh, can we hear from your, your students here? They, they speak very well to, to what you're doing. You, got, you have some questions for your students? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to Jess here. Uh, Jess. Well, I'm, I'm going to interview you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Jess, the, um, I've got to put Jess on, on the spot here. Um, there's only one thing Jess lacks, and that is bravado. She totally undersold the things she's doing. Uh, she's doing great work. Uh, she, the news, the local uh, CBS affiliate is already wanting an interview with her. Um, everybody talks about thinking global and acting local. She's doing it. I mean, 
she's doing it. Um, so Jess, let me ask you, um, your biggest, you'd mentioned sometimes that um, sometimes people take you seriously, but sometimes people think that, oh, you're just a student. Um, how have you worked around that? Like, you're working on a project that doesn't seem like it fits in the school. It seems like you're an activist outside of college. How have you fought the battle of, I'm just a kid? Jess, uh, before you answer, can you move just a little bit to your right? Yeah. So that we can see your whole face? Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, well, fortunately for me, I'd, I've had more... I. Okay. Uh, fortunately for me, I've had more people just be encouraging and welcoming. Um, the only time people haven't really taken me seriously is when I'm, they don't really have any background on the class, I think. So when I'm emailing like a city manager um, from somewhere out west to talk about like their light pollution ordinance, they just like, they don't email right. back. So honestly, I, I'd say it's just persistence because like if they don't call me back, then I just keep calling and. So have you seen emailing. this class as a as a gateway and doors oh, yeah. opening because of the class? I I always start off my emails when I'm emailing someone from the, for the first time. I always start them out with a description of this class because it kind of sounds science fair project e without uh, the class. So I don't know. They're, I figure they won't take me seriously if I just say, "Hey, I'm doing this." But if I say I'm in this environment, and this is something I'm doing at school. They take me more seriously. Well, and that's the other thing that inspires me, Howard, is that it is. It's our story of what the class is that opens doors. And, I, 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 again, I'm talking now to teachers. Every teacher is a celebrity in their community. I mean, teachers know somebody that knows somebody. Heck, it's why a lot of us, you know, people go into real estate or, or – insurance sales is because we know everybody. So those people, you, you, the people you already know, those connections you already have, those are opening up doors to our students as well. Um, now she doesn't need my help because she's found her own people, but, but she's right. Just explaining, hey, I've got this class, and people go, wait a second, you have a class you can do this? You can work on a local ordinance? I think is a, is a great asset to have. Um, this, uh, but I've heard this from a couple students that every now and then you get wedding reception talk. No one likes to say no to kids. So they'll just say yes to everything and then not follow through. We're still fighting past that a little bit, but for the most part, um, pushing past that. You know, I'm I'm hearing one thing that you that you've evidently learned, Jess, which is that there's a a, a very ancient uh, Chinese uh, saying, "Perseverance furthers." So it sounds to me that you're learning that uh, just stick to it and keep doing it um, and flow over the obstacles like water and you'll get there. So um, I, I'm expecting to hear things about you in the, in the coming years, so go for it. Thank Don, we've got a few more minutes. Um, yeah. let's, let's hear some, for, from some more students. Okay. Uh, who else wants to go? Michaela? Okay. Uh, Michaela also um, has got a provisional patent, and um, I guess I'm interviewing you. So, uh, what is it about your economic or your business journey that you have found that this kind of environment should be replicated over, let's say, a traditional business class? Wait, so why is this more important than business? Read well, like, like how, like how is this environment that you've is, that you've encountered? Why is that possibly more relevant to you than taking, let's say, a traditional business class? Okay. 
Um, so I think this class has really been better for me than a business class because um, business um, to me meant sitting in a boxed office and um, not doing anything um, other than just writing papers or um, helping other people with their finances and I, I thought that was so boring before this class and taking even an entrepreneurship class at school is very structured and you're um, forced to do things that maybe you're not as passionate about. Um, my product is a toy for children and it teaches them language, um, foreign language specifically and that's something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about um, children learning something that they need to to be to know to be successful in life um, early when they're best at learning it and I'm passionate about children um, in general I babysit a lot and so being able to work on something that I'm really passionate about in conjunction with the entrepreneurship factor has really been helpful for me I can tell good luck in the future well, thank you okay Howard uh, so all right so we got a, a couple more minutes left here. Some, so uh, some closing words of advice maybe to uh, administrators about uh, what's the benefit of, of allowing yeah. other teachers to do this. I'll, I'll close this uh, honestly the way I closed a lot of, of my uh, presentations here lately. Um, believe in nothing of what I've said here today. Consider me completely full of, full of air. Connect with my students. Um, I think that they tell the story better. Uh, I, I think the proof is in the pudding. Uh, there's a lot of educational experts out there that they've dubbed themselves educational experts and they've never actually taught and they've never actually worked with kids. Uh, and they, they have all these pie-in-the-sky ideas. It means nothing. It means nothing unless there's work to it. And uh, I connect, I, I, seriously, I would like for you to connect with my all-stars. You know, I'm at Noblesville High School. Uh, we have a YouTube channel called NHS Innovation. Um, I'm on Twitter at Don Wetrick. If you look on one of my Twitter lists, there is a Twitter list of 42 students, and it says student entrepreneurs. Connect with them. Uh, they are all stars. They make things happen because uh, they're going to be my ambassadors of school change. It's not going to come from rhetoric, and it's not going to come from a bunch of pontifications. Uh, it's going to come through real work. We're going to have a, a girl that's going to have uh, a, an educational toy in the market. We're going to have uh, a self-esteem campaign that's going to come. We're going to have local ordinances. I mean, it, it, these things are real, and uh, they'll tell the story. And it's a great story. Thank you so much. Yep. So this Thank wraps you, up uh, the first, uh, second webinar of our April uh, 2015 series. But please feel free to keep the energy going on Twitter using the hashtag connected learning. Um, you, again, you can connect with um, Don uh, on Twitter as uh, Don Wetrick, that's with two T's, um, and, and with me as H. Rheingold. If you found this conversation helpful, please share it with your networks. And if you'd like to know more about upcoming webinars from Connected Learning TV in 2015, please visit connectedlearning.tv sign up for the email newsletter. Next week we're going to be talking with a colleague and, and friend of yours and his students, David Preston, who's at a, a high school in San Luis Obispo, who has a, a somewhat different take on the same kind of philosophy of uh, enabling the students, as he says, to, to hack the curriculum. So I just think that the high school teachers around the world are going to see, well, there's there's one, there's two, there's, there are 
um, a number of others out there who are cutting their students loose and just look at the students, look at what they um, have to say. I, and I have to say, Don, that your, your students, as always, um, exemplify the success of, of giving them the, the, the power to, to learn something that interests them. So thank you so much, students. Thanks, Howard. We, yeah, actually, that was the bell for them to leave, so perfect timing. I appreciate you having me on. Actually, I appreciate you introducing me to David Preston, who is now my brother uh, in many ways. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, let me know. All right. All right. I guess that about wraps it up. Howard, again, appreciate your time, appreciate your uh, insights, and, um, and giving my students an opportunity to uh, get the spotlight. All right. Take care, and good luck, students. <laughs>